Hi, everybody, and thank you for... How do I usually intro it? Oh, okay, here we go. Twenty, in. We're 20 in. Here we go. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Podcast of the Planet of the Apes. Today's episode is... Episode 20, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yo, Andrew. How you been? Pretty good. I'm a little congested. I I, I'm I, good. I, I can hear it a little bit. So am I. Uh, yeah, I'm having yeah. trouble breathing. It's asthma. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, this weather change stuff is bad. Right. We're on the East Coast, and uh, I, I'm in upstate New York, and you're kind of like in mid area yeah, you range, know, close to close to New Jersey. Right. You know. So it's 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 been all over the place. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, well, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Uh, I think we had a great show. Um, we went over the weather, and that was really fun. So, yeah, thank you we all. will see you in two weeks. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's been tough, but uh, what, what, what's new with you? Anything anything new, crazy in the world? I have plenty of the apes related information, but uh, Ooh, you what's do? New with, yeah, it, it's not like breaking news, but uh, you, what's, you mean what's you didn't get you? you didn't get a scoop? I didn't get a scoop. Well, it's, it's a scoop. It's about 30 it's a years. scoop. It's about 40 years late, but it's a scoop. I'll give you that. All right. All right. All right. But what's new with you first? Can't wait to hear about the scoop. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. What is new on my end? Uh, oh, I uh, I got cast in another thing. Nice. And uh, that will uh, be on Spotify. Ooh. Sure. Um. And if they get approved for Apple Podcasts, I'm, I'm going to assume they it'll be on there as well. Cool. But yeah, that's I will, exciting. Uh, I will definitely let everyone know when the first episode of it drops, which I think is March 26th. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's exciting. Um, yeah, that'll be really cool. Definitely promote it here on our podcast. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um. That's awesome. Uh, two. It is awesome. One little thing for me is I got a new mic because last week or, or the week before our episode with Louie, which was amazing, but I was cutting in and out like crazy. So hopefully this fixes it. And I'm sorry for our listeners for dealing with all that pop and sizzle. There was some pop. There was some sizzle. I, I got to say that there were some audio issues on my end, too. Right. I don't know what it was. I was it, listening back. You know what? Uh, our the software that we do this on has updated, so fingers crossed, this is going to sound a lot better. Um, so my bit of news is that I am a sixty-five-year-old man. Nice. <laughs> and as we all know, uh, born in the eighties, but really feel like I'm in my sixties. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Cheers and Columbo lately. That that, that those have been my hooks. So when I'm not feeling it, I'll watch some Cheers, and then you know when I'm really feeling for like a good, how, how's he gonna catch him? I'll watch a good Columbo. So <laughs> my partner was just she was just like, uh huh, no, this makes sense. Uh, <laughs> so 1972, the year is 1972. We're on the sixth episode of Columbo, 
which is really filmed as the seventh because the show was, uh, was doing so well that they're like, oh, we need an extra episode for the season. Turns out to be uh, Peter Falk's least favorite episode of the first season. I loved it, though. Here we go. You would. We've got William Wyndham was in this episode. William Wyndham, as you better well known as the president from Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. I'm sorry, Escape from Planet of the Apes. Then we've got James Gregory, a.k.a. Ursus from Return of the Planet of the or underneath beneath the Planet of the Apes. I can't say anything anymore. Beneath the Planet of the Apes. And then finally, the murderer extraordinaire of the episode, Roddy McDowell. No way. It was wonderful. The name so of the episode you, is called Short Fuse. And if you subscribe to Peacock, you can get it. Because I subscribed to Peacock so I could watch Columbo. God. <laughs> this is where my life is now. We're a year into uh, quarantine. Um, so, you, so, so, you've got, so you've got Peter Falk going, so what you're telling me is that you're a giant ape, a giant talking ape. Uh, one more thing. <laughs> uh, I love it so much. I love Peter Falk. I love watching Columbo. I watched a lot of Columbo as a kid. Um, but watching them in order and seeing a young Peter Falk is very weird. The episode prior to this had Leslie Nielsen in it. Like, oh, that's awesome. It, it's, it's like Still going through a who's who of 70s actors right now. And it's, it's, it's pretty extraordinary. Um, but uh, Roddy, like, he camps it up. And it's so well done. Um, so yeah, uh, give that one a give that one a a watch a watchy see. I think I'll you can do YouTube uh, that one because of uh, I'm not subscribing to Peacock. Right, but uh, Peacock has a free version of it, so I think you can watch the free version with commercials. All right then. <laughs> but I paid for the <laughs> one without. Well, because eventually MacGruber is going to be on Peacock, the TV show MacGruber. And I wanted to watch the new season of AP Bio, so I, I had some more reasons. But the no, main I think thing it was, was, I, uh, yeah, it was, I wanted it was to watch Columbo. thirteen seasons of Columbo. Hey, I signed up for the thirty-day trial of Paramount Plus, and I am I'm actually disappointed. Yeah i i had a um, I had a uh, subscription to CBS Plus back in the day, or whatever the hell it was called. And All I, access. I, sure, that's the one. Um, now everything is just a plus now. I'm surprised Disney doesn't own the plus. Uh, right? So, they should. So, um, yeah, I wasn't too crazy about that myself. Um, so I don't think I'll do Paramount. I'll, I'll do like a um, a trial for Paramount when the new season of uh, Reno 911 comes on. But that's about it. I'm going to probably re-up it when like all the Avatar Airbender stuff. Oh, is that what that's going to be on? They're actually do well. They have all the original series stuff on there, right? They have their own studio. Yes, I know that they're making with more stuff, and it's going to be on there. And I think like Fast and the Furious Nine is going to be on there, and I I gotta watch that movie. I get that. No, I get that. Um, (laughs) And I refuse to go to the movie theater nowadays. So, as as we all kind of do, or we should not do. yeah, well, that's exciting. So, yeah, uh, Columbo on Peacock, Episode 6, Short Fuse, Roddy McDowell, General Ursus, the President. Nice. Man, that uh, with really that, Joe, do you want to get into this? Uh, I know, it's insane. Um, with that, Joe, do you want to get into this week's uh, discussion? 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I mean, we could talk about Columbo all night, but... Do you want to? You know. Yeah, but we have... we have. Listen, our listeners are here for the apes, not for the Columbo talk. Okay. That's on our right. other show. What's it going to be called? I got to think of it. I got to think of it. Uh, I don't got one. You don't have anything? Uh, for Columbo? Yeah. No, because like we did kick it. One more thing. Just call it one more thing. Nah, but I think that that could also be a Jackie Chan Adventures podcast. Okay, let's get into this week's episode. (laughs) Uh, So this week we watched the 2011 film Rise of the Planet of the Apes. This is the second uh, reboot attempt of Planet of the Apes and the first successful reboot attempt of Planet of the Apes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for those did wondering I, why we're laughing did i lose you joe for those wondering why we're laughing right now he said it was the second reboot attempt and we have our cameras on so we can actually see each other's reactions i got so confused because like wait a minute there was no reboot of planet of the apes <laughs> the tim burton <laughs> <laughs> And I actually like that movie. <laughs> and I forgot all about it. Yeah. Oh, Especially man. after watching this movie, you tend to forget about that one. <clears throat> um, wow, that was. It's amazing what, what 10 years can do. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. a decade later on, we get Rise of the Planet of the Apes, 2011, starring uh, James Franco, Andy Serkis, uh, Mr. Henderson, John Lithgow. Uh, and um directed by rupert wyatt um and it, honestly overall it 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 holds up i think uh yeah uh, you forgot about some other like really major players in here brian cox oh i love Tom brian Felton. cox i love brian you know. brian cox is the best person to say the word fuck oh yeah him as uh as logan in succession i just want to hear him say and fuck him every as, five seconds and him as uh colonel striker yes fighting against logan oh yes that's true as well <laughs> and X2. uh him as the real hannibal lecter fuck that anthony hopkins bullshit <laughs> <laughs> well he's the og man uh, <laughs> Whoa, we just lost a lot of people <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding anthony hopkins is okay <laughs> nice. <laughs> no i i love <clears throat> anthony hopkins uh hannibal lecter but brian cox is just such a great actor um yeah and he's I mean, good in anything yeah. like uh, the headmaster of the rushmore academy in rushmore like everything that he's in he kind of steals his Freaking, scenes uh, uh super troopers mcdonald's commercials I didn't even know he he's was the voice of the McDonald's commercials now. That's he amazing. does. He even sings the ba da ba ba. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I, I, I get it. Uh, oh, oh also that. in here is Tom Felton, a.k.a. Draco Malfoy. Yeah. Uh, who calls yep. all of the apes butter for some reason. I thought that that was kind of odd. <laughs> nice. Um, David Oyelo is in here. And um, you also have uh, Frida Pinto in here as well. Frida Pinto. Yes. Who really hasn't done much since this. Since this, no. I mean, she was in Slumdog. She right. Was, you know. But, like, I feel like 
a lot of people in this film outside of say Brian Cox and Andy Serkis have kind of wanes in the last few years. It's mm. very odd. And uh, the director, um, Rupert Wyatt, who kind of came out of the gate swinging with, um, what was that first movie that he had? Um, uh, the Escapist, I think, um, really hasn't done much either since. So it, it's really kind of interesting to see what didn't take off from this, which is odd because it was such a successful film. Oh, 100%. Uh, so I, I thoroughly like, and like, yeah, of course, Franco's done stuff since then, but not like a blockbuster or anything like that. Um, no, de- definitely not. I mean, it, what? so here's the thing with this movie, right? And I put this in my notes that at some points it's actually hard for me to get into James Franco being a scientist. Yes. Uh, I have written down anytime James Franco starts talking science, he's just screaming into the microphone. <laughs> like literally Gucci there's like these Gucci. montages. There's these montages <laughs> where like he's, he's talking about his research and he's just in a monotone scream throughout I, it. Like I had to I didn't lower really catch- I had to lower the sound on my TV because it gets so much louder when he just talks about science. <laughs> it's I like Harrison Ford doing voiceover for Blade Runner. Nice. It's just this <laughs> monotone voice. It's very, it, it was very odd and it took me out of it every single time. That well, said, with, he's very good in this. Like, Oh no, he's, he's very good in it. I think my problem is I, I, my first introduction to Franco mm-hmm. was actually the Spider-Man Freaks movies. and Geeks. Oh, okay. No, Spider-Man movies. I never have watched Freaks and Geeks. <gasps> it's on Hulu, show. and I really want to sit down and, and just... You'll be disappointed by just ending. Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> just by it ending. Okay, cool. No, um, not, like, not by the literally ending literally has no ending. Oh. Yeah. Well, now I don't want to watch it. It kind of sucks. But other than that, it's great. Well, watch that, and then just go into Undeclared, and then you're set you've watched all the apatow shows um (laughs) so in in any case like i you know i i just get harry osborne when i see him and i'm just like and that's all i'm thinking about when i see him like especially in this 2011 time is like the later half of the sam Raimi spider-man movies exactly that's what i was just gonna say great pie and when he's in the hospital (laughs) <laughs> when he's in the hospital my best friends you know just like <laughs> oh god i love that so much i love spider-man 3 though um, yeah yeah it's yeah i bet you do i'll take spider-man Man 3 over any dc movie that's been produced since 1993 onward you so certainly, that's it. you certainly love venom but <laughs> i hate venom so <laughs> which is why i think i love that movie so much <laughs> Uh, that said, uh, I'm going to put some dirt in your eyes. Now, let's go into <laughs> what I think. Uh, you want forgiveness? Fine religion. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's perfect. All right. Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah. So uh, this is a very 2011 film where I feel like. Yeah. Every franchise, like science fiction or uh, or comic book related or anything like that, was trying to pull a Batman Begins, Dark Knight Returns kind of thing. 
Dark Knight kind of thing where they were all like, we're going to take our, our stuff really seriously, but we're going to make it kind of fun. And we're going to throw logic out the door, kind of like every Christopher Nolan movie. And it's going to be kind of a mishmash, but overall it'll be good. And the, and the score will be super forgettable. Uh, so I kind of feel like it's in that vein where they're like, all right, we got to, we got to stripe this down and we've got to make this as realistic as we possibly can within the world building that we're doing. Cause by the end, this movie goes off the rails. Um, oh yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it definitely, I lose my interest in rewatches. Like as soon as it's them, like all the apes, like attacking San Francisco, I'm kind of like, uh, okay, let's get to the forest. Like, <laughs> i'm just like it's so by the numbers of like up oh, they're gonna break in here they're gonna you know let all these apes out they're gonna do some cool poses um i'm okay with that like it could have been well, five minutes i mean everything like everything leading up to the everything leading up to that get, is when they get smart like so you good. know you're you you just skipped over everything and went right to the end i know just but now. i feel you're like just like yeah we'll, 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 ta- we'll, we'll go back but i'm just saying like i feel like it is such a movie of its time in that way i can Um, agree with that whereas i feel like the sequels from what i remember it's been a bit since i've seen the sequels um like go a little bit deeper into the characterization of the apes um so i think this one really sets up caesar well but the the next two i think really kind of cement what this trilogy is about um so i think in hindsight while I like this movie a lot and I saw it like twice in the theaters and bought it as soon as it came out. Like I, I think the other two are going to kind of uh, shadow over this one. Um, that said, do you want to kind of go through uh, the main premise of this one? Cause this is kind of the original flipped on its head mixed with uh, conquest. Yeah, no, it, it's very much so. And like after watching the old stuff mm-hmm. and watching that rewatching this one again. I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Which is, hey, I think why minute. I was so pleasantly surprised seeing this movie when it first came out. Cause I was like, Oh, okay. They're remaking the, the, the fourth one. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they really like, they, they even kind of did, they did escape as well with mm-hmm. Caesar's mother mm-hmm. like right at the beginning there. Calling her bright eyes too, which was was kind of nice. Yes. Like, I was like, oh, they call oh, her bright eyes. So many references. So many good, so many good throwbacks when it comes to that. Um, and the, there's another ape at some point that they show called Cornelia, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Cornelia. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Almost every name in this movie is a reference to the older films, either by character names or by mm. actors. Um, Interesting. So like. Maurice, the the orangutan that's named after Maurice Evans, who played Dr. Zayas. So like the uh, the original orangutan kind of thing. Um, Tom Felton plays an asshole named Dodge Landon. Dodge and Landon were Taylor's co-pilots. So like there's some like really cool like little 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 throwbacks throwbacks within there as well. Um, I totally forgot that both Rocket and Koba, which are two different apes, do start in this film 
I yeah. kind of rem- I remembered Koba, but I couldn't remember if it was actually Rocket, and it was. So I thought that was kind of neat as well. Going forward, we'll we'll see more progression of those two. Yeah, Rocket um, was the one that was beating up on Caesar Caesar yeah. when he first gets to the uh, to that terrible freaking uh, sanctuary, quote right. unquote. The, right. Where Brian uh, you know, I had, is like, I had you were always an animal. Yeah. <laughs> I had I had so many notes on that, but not remembering that Brian Cox was also an asshole. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just Felton's character. No, <clears throat> no. Until later, when it was like, oh yeah, Brian Cox is an asshole too. But it's like, it was like, man, there's there's like no security to show like what this dickhead is doing to these apes. There's no security <laughs> like footage. There, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna take this hose and shoot shoot him in the face oh, with it. it like, is wow, what a dick. Comically villainous yeah he really is like all right we'll, we'll get into that so the premise of the film is uh james franco whose character is will will rodman yep uh he is creating a drug that will cure alzheimer's essentially and because his father suffers from it um charles rodman charles named after who's who's a who's a charlton Oh, Charlton yeah. Really? That seems like a stretch. Oh, come on. It's totally a Charlton Hess. <laughs> I don't um, know about that one. That seems like a I'm stretch. I'm going with it. So uh, Charles, uh, his father, played quite well by John Lithgow, who's never bad in anything and does the best Italian accent by calling everybody John Big Booty. Um, <laughs> nice. I just love John Big Booty. Uh, Franco develops this drug that essentially makes apes smarter. And um, yeah, he's great. You said he's creating the drug for Alzheimer's disease. They're testing it on chimpanzees. They're not using any other apes for this. They're testing it on chimpanzees. The opening of this movie is interesting because it's in the jungle and there's poachers and they're capturing these chimpanzees. Yeah. Um, did you ever see uh, Being John Malkovich? Because it's almost Actually, the exact no. same opening. The- <laughs> 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 I feel like it's almost the exact same opening. I've actually never oh. seen that movie. Oh, I love that movie. But it opens with uh, scientists capturing chimps. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Obvious uh, references. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. they were clearly, you know. Uh, Big John Malkovich fans. Huge um, John Malkovich fans. So yeah, they're they're capturing, and so they capture Bright Eyes at the beginning, and they right. start off doing the testing on on her, and she's getting smarter. Um, so they want to move on to human trials, and she goes ballistic, and you don't find out why she's going ballistic at first. They they think like, oh no, the drug is making her go crazy, and they end up killing her. Right. And after the, she just conveniently jumps into the boardroom meeting. Where yeah, that was also this. yeah very strange that she's like, she's <laughs> a oh, little. It's right there. It's right there. But it's also like the entire facility is on lockdown. But the boardroom, everyone yes. knows what's going on. But the boardroom. <laughs> Correct. And then she just jumps right through the futuristic glass that's projecting like numbers and stuff. <laughs> yes. Okay, now go on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and let's not. The name of the scientific organization is Gensis. 
Yes. So we want to make sure that's that's said in there. So Gensis is the company that Franco works for. And this uh, man named Jacobs, who's also an asshole. It seems like Franco and his dad and Franco's girlfriend are the only good people in this world. I'm going to disagree with you and say that only the girlfriends and the dad might be the only two good people. Everyone else is kind of an idiot and creates the downfall of man. So Franco starts to learn from his mistake, though, and then his dad deteriorating. What he learns is I'm just going to keep stealing medicine and harmful ingredients from my lab. Which he can do very easily somehow. Way too easily. I've got a lot of questions about about his job. That's the thing about security in this world, too. Security in this world is very lax. Um, But here's the thing. Like, yes, he, he starts to learn, but then he gets selfish. Because his dad is is deteriorating. He was always kind of selfish. Like the test literally worked on one chimp, and he's like, "Let's go bring it to humans." It's not how science works. In movies, it is movie science. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, uh, Bright Eyes is killed, but it turns out that she was just upset because she was protecting. Yeah, she, uh, she was trying to protect her child. Her she child, which. Okay, Franklin is this guy that's like head of like taking care of all the chimps within yeah. the facility. He knew that Bright Eyes had a child. He had to have known, right? No, he he like says it like, oh, he's only like two days old, and he had the little big, oh, he had yeah, the little yeah. chimp and everything like that. He was just protecting the young. How did none of them know that one she was pregnant? Yep. And two <laughs> that she had given birth. Like yep. they should have known that to yes. begin with. Correct. So this entire structure blows my once mind again, already. Once again, you already again, said it once. This is not how science works, but in movies, this is how science works. I know, but it, it really did bother me again watching it because I have so many problems with the way that this company is run. And I think it bothers me more so because of where we are in the state of the world now. Oh, yeah, well, because it's, it's how it is. <laughs> so we'll get into it. Um so yeah, uh, they have to kill all the apes because they think that it was the the chemical that caused Bright Eyes to go and and uh, yep. go haywire. A, was it uh, AZ one thirteen? Yeah, um, AZ one twelve at that. Point. Oh, one twelve, one twelve. Um, yeah, one thirteen is later. One twelve was in reference to the runtime of the original Planet of the Apes. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> Franklin. <laughs> Franklin is all like, oh, I killed 12 of them already. I don't I don't want to kill the little baby. You take this, doctor. So he gives it to Will. What is that voice? What is that voice he did? uh, It's an idiot's voice is what it is. Uh, So... (laughs) He gives uh, he gives the baby to Franco. So Franco takes the baby home. And that's where we discover that this becomes Caesar uh, named after Caesar from uh, Shakespeare, Julius Caesar, um, by which John Lithgow gives him Charles. uh, So. Years go by. It's like five years, I think they said three at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. So three years go by and. He's grown and Franco is yelling into his headset about how great, you know, the chemicals have done. And so he's using it on his dad at this point. And his dad now is like cognitive again. Like he he's he's not deteriorating anymore. Um, And it's kind of just like the best life ever until uh, 
Caesar goes outside one day because he just wants to go outside and play. He and wants to play gets, with the kids. Yeah, he gets attacked by the <clears throat> neighbor who's, who's an a asshole. big douche. Like this guy is like and this, a, this like is going to be a common theme. Douche is douches all throughout. Yeah, this movie. yeah. Like I'm like, man, this. I wrote it in my notes. I'm like, man, this guy's an asshole. So um, the neighbor attacks him. Caesar gets cut. So Franco brings uh, Caesar to the zoo um, and brings it to a doctor. This is uh, Caroline Caroline Arana. Which do they even say her name in the entire movie? They say Caroline. Okay, they do. They never say the last Caroline. name. <laughs> uh, played by uh, Frida Pinto. And Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. Okay, I knew I was going to get him to do it. <laughs> all right. So she patches him up and like Caesar plays like all lovey-dovey. And he's all like, you two should go out using sign language. And this is where we kind of learn that Caesar does a lot of sign language. And that's how they talk. So well, he uh, didn't learn it there. He, but it like Franco really says, comes. It, yeah. No, it really comes into play at that point. You yeah. Know? So uh, Will starts dating uh, Caroline, and they're hanging out with Caesar and all this stuff, and things are going great. Yeah, like awesome. five years pass. They're still together. Five more years pass. Now hold yep. on, I want to take a step back here because this is where I start getting really annoyed with certain things in this film. Oh, okay. Five years pass. Mm-hmm. Caesar's now grown. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're at the red. He's wood. eight years old now. Yeah. Oh, that was my favorite part too. When when she was all like, "This is before the five years pass." She's like, "Hey, we sh- he really needs to go outside." And like James Franco's like, "I know a great place. It's the Redwoods across the the bridge." Dude, he's talking as if like no one in San Francisco knows what the fucking Redwoods are. <laughs> he's I like, "I reason- know a great place. It's called the Redwoods." <laughs> I think I think the reason they're doing that is for people who like maybe live in New York. I get that, or but New he's Jersey, saying it. Never I don't left California. Yeah, but you shouldn't write <laughs> a movie geared towards the it's 2011. Aud- no, no, I'm sorry, it's but 2011. No. He's talking to a woman who literally lives in that city. It's 2011. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> Like, I know a great place no one's ever heard of. It's called Washington. All right. So they go to the Redwoods. It's called. And then, and then five Australia. years pass or whatever. Yeah, Australia. Um, <laughs> so. So one like, thing I can say here is, and I wrote this in the notes, I'm like. One, there's not a whole lot of bad about this movie. Like, I really like this movie. I really like but, this movie, too. I'm not trying to come off as no, like, oh, no, 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 I hate no. this movie. At but there's points, a lot of things I have questions about. <laughs> At some points, the CGI doesn't hold up, but it's still yes. amazing. Yes, I agree. I was kind of afraid going back into this to see um, how bad it would be. But for the most part, it's really well done. It it does hold up. Um because like if you go back and you watch like Lord of the Rings or something like that, no 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 Gollum no Gollum looks like a PS2 character sometimes. You are out of your mind. I am not out of my mind. You are out of your mind. Nope, out of your mind. Okay, sure, but he still looks like a PS2 character. That's insane to say that. Go back and play some PS2 games, and then will and then watch Lord of the Rings. I do. You know that that's pretty much like I haven't improved from there. Um. That said, uh, 
looks better than Justice League. So with that, um, I do agree, though. It, it for the most part, it really does hold up. But there are some scenes. There's some shots, you know. There's um, there's some shots in there that I'm like, uh, so they're they're at the five year they're at five years now of him dating Caroline, mm-hmm. of Caesar growing up, of her being around caesar and her being around charles and her being around will yes five years i just want to really state that again five years okay yes so on their way out of the redwoods five years later because they still go there all the time um will has caesar on a leash and they see a dog and the dog starts barking growling at them and caesar sees that they're both on leashes so he he feels kind of you know lower about himself, and then Will, like an asshole, pulls the leash to get Caesar to come walk with him. And so they get to the car, and then Caesar's all like, "I don't want to sit in the back. I'm going to go sit in the actual like in the trunk. I'm going to go sit in the actual back seat." Which apparently was improvised by uh, Andy Circus. Like oh, nice. he just walked into the the back seat instead, and Caesar's kind of questioning what he is. Like, is he a pet? Is like, what is he? And, and Will is all like, oh, no, I'm your dad. And, you, you know, you're not a pet, even though he just freaking yanked him like a pet. Okay. This is where it really loses me. And he's like, all right, Caesar, I'm going to show you where you're from. So they drive up to his building, like his lab. And he goes, you were born in there. It literally pans over to the girlfriend, Caroline. And she's like, what? Like, she doesn't say anything, but she's clearly confused and then he's like we gave your mother a drug and that made you smart and she's dead now and she's all like what the fuck and then he's all like uh and you know what it's okay so i I took you home and you belong with me and everything and then she goes let's get caesar home (laughs) because she's clearly pissed about it she didn't think within the five years that they were dating one what does he do yep like what is his job two he has an entire room filled with notes about caesar's development three caesar is way too smart for an average chimp like in five years of dating she didn't once think to ask this question yeah right it's a it's a movie (sighs) (laughs) but it, it feels like they're really in week two of their relationship and not year five it's a movie. Okay. So and, then, and and because plot. Frank uh so uh <laughs> Charles the dad starts to get worse again. Like not even just worse again, like he gets he gets really bad. He gets um, to a point of like, like almost catatonic state. Right. Well bef- um so you know, and there's a really great scene of like Caesar realizing um Charles's uh degradation of his mind and like he's very upset and it's real like animation wise that comes out extremely well um i think that is one of the best little acted scenes where you can really see circus's facial expressions and ticks kind of come out um and so after that uh um charles ends up going outside the house and accidentally steals the neighbor's car thinking that it's his car the neighbor comes out who's an asshole and attacks him again and then caesar sees that so he comes out and then he attacks the neighbor and bites the neighbor's finger 
thought almost he bit off. It off. Yeah, no, I it's not. He bit it off when when Wait. I was like, when I was younger, I was. Like, I always thought he bit it off too, but yeah, later on you do see a splint on yeah. the neighbor's hand. So um, he's taken away by animal control and brought to this like ape chimp sanctuary um, that pretty much just donates chimps to Genesis. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know why, like, Franco couldn't just, like... Request another chimp. Right, exactly. Just kind of got him, whatever. So, uh, it's a movie. So, yeah, he's there, right. and <laughs> he's got to now integrate with actual apes. And uh, it goes pretty rough for a little bit. You know what seems really weird about the sanctuary? That they would put chimps, orangutans, and a gorilla all in the same pen. Right. And um, I think they're called Balboas. Balboas? Whatever rocket is. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Whatever rocket <laughs> is. That, that, that's a different species of, of ape that they put in this film that was hmm. not in the original. But it, because it wasn't until for more recently that it was finally classified as a as a chimp. Hmm. So they they made a point of bringing those in. They're, they're kind of like the howler chimps. Like they make those really loud noises and they have like weird kind of like uh, four fangs kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it just seems really weird that they would put them all in the same. Right. Well, they put them all in the same thing, but they don't let the gorillas out. There's only one gorilla. Right, but they don't let him and he's out. He's very aggressive in there for whatever buck. reason. Yeah. And he likes to fuck. So nice. Uh Caesar is depressed and he gets his clothes ripped off by Rocket. Uh and they have a fight. Rocket wins. Particle man. So nice. uh <laughs> then like Caesar, like kind of like uh, you know, plans his revenge and everything, and, and he uh, he that night, uh, Tom Felton's character Dodge Landon comes in with like his buddy and two girls because they gotta impress them ladies by showing them a bunch of chimps locked in cages. Yeah, that would totally impress the ladies. I was so confused. Um, and then he's like, "You want to see something real cool?" And then he just takes out like a freaking shock stick whatever those things are called like a cattle prod yeah cattle prod and he's like prodding the cages and the girls are like uh no and he's like all right let's get out of here and they're like oh okay like what you know you you (laughs) you forgot like our first introduction to tom felton in this movie oh right yes um so he i was gonna get get, to get to that but yeah well that that was that was before right but i was gonna say like Um, they they give him every classic line essentially Right, they do. They give him every classic line, and I actually didn't think that it was super necessary. It was a weird placement. I thought the, it's the f- a madhouse. Oh no! So I like that one a lot because it, it, it's you wouldn't hear it if you weren't really kind of paying attention yeah, to he, it. So it's so quick. Yeah, Felton's in the background, and all the apes are going. They they they're freaking out in their cages, and you just hear him in the background go, "It's a madhouse, a madhouse." Yeah, I kind of <laughs> like, like that. <laughs> I was like, "That's weird." But okay, <laughs> he's a dick. Um, he is. He's a piece. He's. Why does he always play a piece of shit? I don't know. Even, even in even in uh, CW's The Flash. No, he came around in the Flash. He comes though. around, but at the beginning when he comes in, because he's good. He's at playing a that. real piece of um, shit. So, yeah, and then, um, 
At this scene, though, his drunk buddy goes up to Caesar with like a can of beer. And Caesar grabs the drunk guy and pulls him into the cage, kind of up to the cage, and steals the guy's pocket knife. So using the pocket knife, he MacGyver's a stick and twine. What's up? I have a question about this thing, this knife. Thing. Uh-huh. And I'm, I bet you have the same thing written. He's able to just put the knife into a keyhole mm-hmm. and open the door. Yeah, I said MacGyver. Mm-hmm. That part, I was like, but how? It's a key. You need the. I thought he was going to steal a key out of Tom Felton's pocket, which would nope. have been much, a much better idea. Uh-huh. Um, but somehow you can just you can put put a knife into a keyhole and turn it. I'm going to try this one day. You should see if it, it works. works. That's how I get into my house all the time. Got it. Yeah, you have one of those knife locks. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, he he uses the the knife to unlock the the gorilla's cage. And let the gorilla out. So now the gorilla is on his side because he's all like, oh, you let me play. Thanks, bud. Um, so the next time Rocket goes to fight him, he uses the gorilla uh, and, you know, kind of proves that he's the the master of everything. So they really do a good job of making letting of you building like, him up. I, well, I of building him up. But they also do a really good job at like. Making you hate humans in this movie yes you are consistently rooting for the apes in this film even though you know that is the downfall of humanity yes which is really odd to root for Uh (laughs) uh-huh especially now so um, this is a movie that i think ages well because of how it ends and where we are it's a bit more frightening (laughs) so um so yeah, during all this and everything, uh, Franco's like, "Hey, I, I I really need to." He goes back to his boss uh, Jacobs, and he's like, "Hey, listen, I performed all this shit on on my dad, and it worked." And Jacobs is like, "What the hell?" And then uh, Will is like, "But now it's getting worse." So, and then Jacobs is like, "What the hell?" And then <laughs> Will is like, "But don't worry, it makes people even smarter." And Jacobs is like, "Here's money, go and figure it out." and make it stronger jacobs is a greedy son of a bitch right so will goes and he makes a new formula called this is the 13 113 where it's an even stronger dose of a virus yep and it's an aerosol it's an aerosol virus that he creates um and that they need a stronger dose because apes have a better immune system than humans so they do that and they they test it on a new ape called coba and during this test process, Coba knocks off Franklin's gas mask. Franklin breathes in the air and then puts his mask on, like audibly coughs, puts his mask on. And they're like, you OK? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. OK. In yeah, a there situation been, like this there, with yeah, scientists, there would have been a quarantine, a quarantine, a, they, uh, right. Anything literally like decontamination, something. But no, he just is like, yeah, I'm fine plot right literally the <laughs> next scene he sneezes out blood and doesn't tell anyone and just walks away like, that gotta, might be go. what's that he's like i gotta go that might be the most realistic and frightening thing of this entire movie and that's where it really kind of gets me and i i really fucking hated franklin at that point so 
Also, uh, let's not forget uh, James Franco's That's That's what I was about to get to. So after they do the Koba thing, he's all like, well, it clearly works because Koba's now smart. So I'm going to steal more of this substance from my job. Very easily. Very easily. um, And I'm going to give it to my dad, and he's going to get so much better. Uh, Turns out, (laughs) no, uh, he dies the next day because, like, he literally injected him with, like, a deadly virus. Um. So he's dead. Uh, now Franco's like super upset and he's all like, oh man, oh my life. So I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go take Caesar out of the, out of the cages. Um, so he goes up to Brian Cox and he's all like, I'm going to give you money. And he's like, is this a bribe? And he's like, no, no, no. So here's a hundred dollars. Pretty much. My uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a nice crisp. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> hey, do you know what this is? This is good at any Bed Bath and Beyond, and don't, don't even care about that expiration date. No, no, no. This will be good long past it. <laughs> nice. So he gives Brian Cox uh, a slip of the bill, and he goes to get Caesar out, and Caesar doesn't want to leave now. He's just like, "No, I'm here now," because he strong. realizes that apes are stronger together. And that's, I love that. I love that Oh, it's scene. great. It, it's, uh, yeah, when he, one of he's my, talking like, to one of Maurice, scenes. Maurice, which might be one of the best characters of the new trilogy, mm. who's an orangutan, who is a mixture of both puppetry and CG. And it really comes off really well. Because, um, like, the face is clearly, like, a puppet with, like, human eyes behind it and stuff. So, um, really, really well done. Uh, Maurice and Caesar have a conversation via sign language because Maurice is an old circus orangutan, so it knows sign language and is highly intelligent for not oh, having like oh, a drug within it. So, um, Caesar then escapes the facility by his lonesome, sneaks out. Goes to Will's house, steals the serum, the stronger version of the serum, brings it back to the ape sanctuary, gives it to just, all the apes. Just chilling in his fridge. Right. They are instantly <laughs> like smart now because it's like this huge higher dose of of this miracle drug. Um that's when Felton comes back and he sees that Caesar's out in the middle of like the playground area of the cage. He goes in to go fight him, and uh, which is insane for an, even like even if they weren't so super stupid. smart, right? Even if like they weren't super smart apes to right. fight an ape as a normal man uh, is not a good idea <laughs> on any level. No, and all he has is his um. Cattle prod. cattle prod so the entire time he's going like bobliosos or bobliosis whatever the incart uh you know electric what i i tried to look up the <laughs> harry potter spell i couldn't say it bobiosis bobios b-a-u-b-i-l-l-i-o-u-s sure bob Babiosis. Oh boy, this is a part of the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> so he uses that, and um, Caesar kind of holds his hand, and uh, 
holds his hand from getting prodded uh and then finally stands up and this is where he rises and felton falls to the ground and you get the classic take your hands off me you damn dirty ape and then caesar no! says there. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so i, I it, it's a fun scene and it's still to this moment like watching it again it it whole it it's i mean you get you basically get what the uh oh my god i can't remember his name now when they tell the story of the cornelius no 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 not just cornelius but they get those stories from the oh my god the lawgiver the lawgiver yeah like you're basically getting the story that the lawgiver <laughs> tells yeah. right here right it's just like ah it's except, really you know, really well except done. all the pets aren't like dead <laughs> right we get a different spin on that later so yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah it, and it, it's such a great scene and all the other apes are like what the hell like he can talk he can talk he can talk so and he can sing so they he caesar goes and he locks up uh felton's character but then uh the other guard shows up who i think is uh dodge landon's brother i think it's the it's another so, yeah. Landon rodney yeah, you're right, Rodney. And um he uh use that for Roddy. Oh, it could be. Uh so he kind of shows up and he was always kind of nicer to the apes than than Well, Dodge. he was very timid and like he, right. you know, he knew He's, like Yeah, I'm sorry. I felt on. like he thought he was going to get like cattle prodded right by his brother right. if he did anything because exactly. that's probably how they grew up. Yeah. So, uh he kind of shows up and the apes start to beat the hell out of him. And, but Caesar's like, no, 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 don't don't kill the guy. But while they're doing that, Felton comes out of the cage and he's got his cattle prod. So at the same time that he turns it on, Caesar blasts the hose at him. He does murdering him. <laughs> yeah. And Caesar's uh, definitely upset. Like he did not want to kill anyone. Um, no. And throughout the rest of the, the film, throughout all the action, he's trying to stop people from dying. Like he, he says no multiple times to other apes about killing, even though he says nothing about the one girl that just throws a dude. Uh, So, so, um, yeah, they're all now smart. He sees the Genesis uh, logo on one of the cages. They're like, that's our next stop. So they go there. They rescue all the apes there who are now already smart, steal more of the, the miracle drug, go to the zoo get those apes out as well and now there it's was, there was a really great scene that i remember from the trailer actually with all of the leaves falling oh yes yeah and the people running now there was also something here that i'd never noticed when i first watched it and now it really makes me uh happy that i watched the originals there's the newspaper boys right they're throwing yeah. the newspaper and when they throw the newspapers because there was on the newscast in one of the scenes with uh, Tom Felton and and Brian Cox, they're talking about a space launch mm-hmm. to go outside of Mars, like the first Mars launch or something. Yeah. And then you get a newspaper thrown and on the newspaper, it says lost in space. Yeah. The Icarus. And I'm like, what I'm wondering if that's either a callback because of the original or if they were trying to maybe do a fourth film or a fifth film where they were like, well, this is the space shuttle. And now it's actually gone through to a time warp. And I know, I know from interviews that I had seen with like Fox at one point, they were saying that that was the actual ship that Taylor would have been on. 
whether or not they were going to go that route, they weren't sure yet with the franchise. So they just wanted to kind of set that up in the background as a wink and a nod. And then if they wanted to play with it, they could. I'm not going to lie. I would have loved that for later in the in this right. franchise. It would have to take place way, way later. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. So, um, so yeah, so now there's tons of apes and they're, they're scouring San Francisco and they're trying to get to the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, where Magneto's there, but he's also nice. got a miracle cure as well. That's going to end all mutants, but don't worry. Cause none of that really pans out in the end. Cause everyone that lost their powers during that entire fight, get you're, their powers back at the end of the movie. Combining, and then they're all erased anyway by the you're next combining two Fox franchises here. You, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, uh, and Grim was man. beat up as a kid. What? And nope, another Fox franchise. Okay. Let's not do this. Okay, not a Fox franchise. Well, just stick with Planet of the Apes. Okay. So Simon says to yeah. McLean on the phone that that's I'm no sorry, Joe. That's not it, man. That's diehard. Shit, diehard. Okay, Fox franchise, Planet of the Apes, Fox. Listen, you're okay. Look, look, look. look, look. They're on the you, Golden Gate Bridge. I know you've too. I know you, you tune out at this point. <laughs> no, you they're on the it. they're on the Golden Gate Bridge. They uh they come down. Um, but before they get there, they they do a, a hero pose on top of a trolley. And <laughs> they do a hero pose on top of the buildings with the spears. They they're do hero like, pose literally like, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. They're like, hey, you guys like posing, right? Um. Which so, I can I can actually really appreciate which what they were doing there with the spears and they were like they were really trying cool, to get yeah. to the original Planet of the Apes. They did use some drums there, but it's still a very forgettable score. Yes, yes, it is. So uh, they get to the bridge and now there's like a standoff where there's police kind of on both sides of them. Um, uh, but because there's so many cars on the Golden Gate Bridge, the the Mounties kind of have to come in the police on horseback which i thought was a really really clever way of getting horses into the scene because essentially you can't have cop cars going through you know still traffic so they use the cops on horses to kind of like attack the the apes and eventually you know caesar kind of turns that around and is riding on the horse so you get that classic shot um which was really really well done and as as most of the the chimps are fighting on top of the bridge the orangutans are going underneath as well as the young i didn't notice that like a while ago but watching it again um some of the chimps that are climbing on the bottom have little babies on their backs so they're protecting them as they as they travel through which i thought was really like just a, a neat smart little thing that they did um and then that newer species of apes, the Rocky Balboas, they're kind of on the top of the the, the bridge on the cables. Um, so there's a really great standoff with like the police and the apes and the ape and the gorillas pushing a giant bus turned on its side. Like, that was cool. Really, really neat. Like for as much as I tune out, there's some really cool stuff in here. Um and and it gets really exciting. Um Jacobs uh starts shooting apes from uh a helicopter uh that's when buck sacrifices himself the big gorilla um to save uh caesar and then coba has a moment where he could save jacobs but he just kind of stares at him and lets him fall and kind of pushes the helicopter down oh he pushes it yeah so it kind of shows 
Koba's not really good. And that might be foresight into something coming up. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, so they, they do eventually escape and Will steals a cop car and he makes it over the bridge to say goodbye to Caesar. But he's like, oh, come on home. And Caesar's like, Caesar is home. Which I really liked. Oh, I do. And like Will's like, what the fuck? Because uh, that's the first time he hears him talk. And um, really, really well done. Um, and then Caesar climbs the tree that he did earlier on in the film. But now this time after he's done looking out at San Francisco, there are other apes with him in the trees. Specifically, it's Rocket and Maurice, who are like his two right hand men in the next film as well. Um, so I thought that that was really neat. Like they 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 were definitely setting up certain apes for the next film, which I thought was really cool. What I could, you know, watching the end of this movie, I'm like, you know, they the way they ended it, though, say it didn't do super well or whatever, or, the, or the, maybe it right. did do well, but the studio didn't feel like they wanted to make any more. I felt like that ending. I'm like, you know what? They could have ended it there. Right. And it and works not done anymore. It worked as like a, a solid ending. Like, OK, we know where this is going to go. Right. Like, we and know then, what's going to happen. But again, that I think also helps by having the spaceship craft go lost, because if they did end it there, they could just say, oh, yeah, it's just a prequel to the original. That's all. Yeah. Like yeah, it exactly. works like. Um, so then we the credits start rolling and then we get the stinger because we're in 2011 now and everything has to happen after the credits. Um, and the uh, neighbor is revealed to be a pilot. Oh, he I'm sorry. At a, one point, Franklin it, comes. Well, right. He says he has to get to the airport earlier, but he doesn't. No, he said he was a pilot. Oh, okay, he, said, he, he said, I'm up. He's like, I'm a pilot. I got to fly. He's yelling at <sighs> Franco's dad. Yeah, and he's like, pointing his finger at them. He's like, I'm a pilot. Get off my plane. Oh, yeah, wait. Yeah. That's the other pilot guy. Yeah, uh, the other pilot guy. <laughs> yeah and you for, we forgot to mention Franklin, who is deathly ill, yes. is left his house. He's trying to get in contact with James Franco's character. And the pilot, for some reason, is on Franco's property. And... Probably because he sees a crazy, bloodied man. Yeah, but he doesn't the care door. about Franco. Like he does not care about this dude. No, but he doesn't know if that guy's just going house to house. Oh, it could be, but I don't know. Like, so yeah, who he's, is me? He's, he's yelling for the doctor, and the neighbor comes over and he's like, "What the hell are you doing?" And then Franklin just sneezes blood on the guy because yep. he's a fucking terrible human being. Um, so yeah, so now he's infected with this ultra virus, and he's a pilot. So yep. he goes to the airport and you see blood drop onto the floor from his nose. And then which I wouldn't kinda... be flying. If I got if I started getting any... a nosebleed randomly, I wouldn't be going. Tell that know. to Sully. So. <laughs> Tell that to Denzel. So he's. Yeah, so they see like the the board of like all the flights and where they're scheduled to. And it starts to slowly zoom in. And the last kind of thing that you see zoom in on is New York. Because, of course, the original Planet of the Apes. But then during the credits, you just see the arrows move like over a graph of a map as yep. it's just spreading around the world. And ladies and gentlemen, we are now in the year 2020. And it is 2021. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> talking about last yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and COVID-19 fucking spreading. And it, it is fright frightening. Um. Yeah, we're I, I won't that, ever we're be able to watch that AZ one thirteen. <laughs> right. Um, 
all thanks to James Franco yep. and Franklin. Yep. And Jacobs yep. and Caesar. Yep. And Coba. Yep. And you know what? John Lithgow, too. No, we can't blame John Lithgow for this. I'm blaming him. Yeah, he had nothing to do with it. No, okay. Well, he had no choice. He wasn't given a choice. His son just injected him with that's shit. That's true. That's true. And he never got the aerosol one, so he didn't get like the super deadly one. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. The dad. No, Fra- Franco injected it into him. Not the aerosol one. That was the no? one twelve. Uh... He brought the aerosol one home, and he tried to start doing it, and then somehow. John Lithgow had this moment of clarity and he puts his hand on Franco's hand and he goes like, and he just shakes his head. No, that's right. Yep. You're right. But you know, Franco always be losing dads in movies, huh? That's true. <laughs> so yeah, thus ends the reign of Dr. Emilio Lizardo. And, <laughs> and, um, it's a good movie. I like it. Harry a lot. Osborne. I tendered your father's wounds. It was from your father's glider. Good night, Burner. Oh, I love Bernard. <laughs> um, Bill Clinton's <laughs> dad. I know. <laughs> good night, um, Bernard. Good night, um, Bernard. No, uh, yeah. Overall, like really, really solid movie. It's it's a fun spin on Planet of the Apes by making the apes the outcasts and the humans mm-hmm. the dominant species. So it, it's I mean, kind of they... like that escape from Planet of the Apes kind of bidding with it, but it really does play into that conquest a hell of a lot more. Um, but they you know a, where it's going. Conquest. Right. They, so, they literally did a conquest. Right. So you know where it's going, which I think is really interesting. And instead of a disease that kills off all pets, it's just killing off humans. Um which makes a lot more sense in a modern film setting than, yeah, we just got all really upset and just started training chimps. Such a weird thing. <laughs> yep. Um, when, you, so, when you really go back and you think about it. Oh, it makes no sense. It's really, it's such a, a harebrained, like, 50s B novel kind of All of our pulp pets novel. are dead. Yeah. All of our pets are dead. Let's take movie. a bunch of chimps. Um, and we'll see in the next two films how this kind of plays out. Uh, and, and I honestly think it, it is one of the best trilogies, modern trilogies of film. Okay. Like, I don't think that there's a bad part in it, um, which is kind of surprising. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't really say that about many trilogies out there. Um, I'm having a hard time thinking of like modern trilogies. Trilogies. I don't know why. Like I'm, it's late. Yeah, that's the first thing. Um, the time change really messed with me this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dealing with that well. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I I really enjoy it. There's so many great little nods to the original film in there, um, from character names to little settings and stuff like that. Like uh, Caesar is building a little Statue of Liberty at one point. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, so th- there's a lot of really cool bits and knobs in there. Um, and I think it was made with love uh, for the original film um, and for the series in general. So I think we're on the right track now. 
Uh, it's been a while since we've seen a Planet of the Apes film that I think you and I can both agree upon. No. Well, we, we pretty much agreed on all the the older ones. That's true. I don't think well, we, it's we... been a while since we've seen one that was just good. Just like plain good. Yeah. When we yeah the third one. Yeah. And that was like a while back now. I yeah. mean, we're 20 episodes in. <sighs> so no open heart surgery, but it's good. Um, well, <laughs> so. <laughs> um, Joe, do you have anything last words to kind of say? about rise of the planet of the apes now that we finally know that rise is the first one <laughs> as we've always uh messed that up and all of our previous episodes is this rise dawn war which one is this this is one of them <laughs> um uh no uh, you know we hit it on the head there i thought it was i think it's really fantastic like it 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 outshines obviously the tim burton movie mm-hmm I would put it in the upper echelons of the originals. I, I agree well. with I agree with you. There is one thing though where after watching this, um, I really can't wait for the next relaunch of Apes films where they do kind of go more throwback pastiche like of um Ape Society and Ape Culture kind of thing as Well yeah, we, that, um, that article the, did come as out. the head honchos. Yeah. So like it makes me appreciate this film more because I know we're going to get more and I know we're going to get it more maybe in that classic kind of tone. Um, and what? So in, you know, the mouse has control of it now. So, yeah. So, and the mouse has been doing, has some pretty good ideas for its Fox franchises. So we'll see what it's going to do. Let's hope uh, fantastic Four follows suit. Fantastic Four, alien, uh, this, I, I think know. we're in kind of good hands at this point. Um, I just, I, you know, I'm wondering how long before we get another one, because, you know, w- with doing this podcast, I'm like, and obviously I haven't seen war, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't seen the, the, you know, the final of the, you know, the final two there that we're going to talk about. We, we, we have to get to it, but I'm already chomping at the bit that is like, man, we're going to get to the end of these movies. And then we're, done with the movies yeah it's gonna be interesting um but like so, we still have a lot of episodes of the tv show and yeah um, we still got a lot of weird eight movies and stuff to watch and tv shows so uh there, there's still quite a bit left for us to kind of cover before we uh roll over um yeah i don't know i thought this was overall it, it was just fun to kind of go back and rewatch this one um, yeah definitely and just a good one. And I'm very much looking forward to the next one. Hell yeah. Gary Russell. So with that, uh, I think we can, you know, pretty much uh, head on out. Yeah. Joe, that was a great uh, episode about Dawn, Rise, Dawn, Rise, Rise, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about it. I know, and I already forgot. Uh, it's eleven thirty. So yeah, with that, Joe, where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Instagram at Voices by Joe and at Mister J eight thirty one. 
Awesome. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Major Plot Flaw. Um, Joe, where can people find the show? You can find the show at Pod Planet of Apes on Instagram and Twitter. That is correct. Um, as always, huge shout out to Louie Aronowitz for providing us with our stellar theme song. You can always book Louie at louiearonowitz.com. He was our guest on our last episode. So if you didn't listen to that episode and you skipped to this one, go back and check it out. We talk music. We, super we nice shit dude. the chat. Yeah, super, super nice. So please go back and listen to that one. Um, and uh, yeah. Joe, how about we take it out with our classic catchphrase? As for Caesar, kneel down, kneel down and wonder. Nice. I'm sorry, Joe, real quick. Can you get that? <clears throat> Hello? Hi, this is the company that sponsors you letting you know that you've won $20 million based off of your 20th episode and 20th quote. Whoa! Oh my god, I can't even. Oh, I just, I can't, I can't believe it. Uh, I quit. I quit. I quit right now. 20 million? I quit. <laughs>